Sounds like a, a villager in Minecraft. Yeah. Hi, welcome back to Not So Southern Gentlemen. I'm Ricky. And I'm Sean. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the, the the news, the, the releases, the toy fair. Ah, this week is full of crazy stuff. I'm yeah. going to lead off yeah. with this, the thing that concerns us the most, the thing we were talking about last week, our, our savior for the Batman movie, Mr. Reeves himself, Mr. War of the Planet of the Apes, has told Warner Brothers, hey, not so fast, I don't like this deal. He may not be directing Batman. There is still trouble brewing over at Warner Brothers. What, Sean, what do you think about this? Dude, that's just the... That's how bad Warner Brothers is. I had read on... I take it as comicbooknews.com, I believe, earlier today, and now they're saying that Zack Snyder could be in contention for uh, the the director role. Uh, this, this doesn't bode well. I mean, Warner Brothers, get out of the damn way. I mean, what are they doing? You've got a director... Okay, they seem to just go through directors, and apparently nobody sees this as a problem. Oh well, you know it's we can't find the right director. There's something wrong with them. Um, sir, can I make a suggestion? You're fired. Get out of here. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. There's there's something bad in the water over there. I don't know what their deal is, man. I I don't understand why they just insist on this oh we want to get better we want to get better but they never get better it's like some kind of bad relationship where the the person says i'm sorry i'm sorry i'll change and but they don't change <laughs> yeah and i i movie reviewer i heard earlier now I, I was talking to you about this before the podcast um because he has a review of a movie we're going to talk about he he was he put the uh, uh, made a very valid point. You know, Warner Brothers, I'll give you one more chance, but then we're done. I mean, like if, you know, uh, Batman v Superman, um, you know, Man of Steel, and then you barely made it with with uh, Suicide Squad, <sighs> please, Justice League or Wonder Woman better blow it out of the water or we're, we're all expecting failure from this point on. I mean, and that is kind of the consensus. I mean... There's going to be a lot of pressure on this Wonder Woman movie to perform and to hold up as well as it's showing in the trailers. Uh, but everybody's expecting the bad stuff to happen. Oh, the best version will be on DVD, the director's cut. Oof. It's just a scary time for Warner Brothers. Yeah, it's craziness. Ah, oh, but dude, all this Toy Fair news, we have to find a way to get through this because there is so much awesome that even after we trimmed down our notes, what did we end up with? Ten, well, ten talking points at least, minimum, of toys that were announced that we're just excited for. There's no other way to put it. Every single one of these things is amazing. Right, and we'll just roll through these real quick, and then we'll go back and hit what we want to talk about. But uh, the main things that stuck out to me were the Marvel movie figures coming out, the Dragon Stars, the Dragon Ball American line for the Super Series that's coming out, the Voltron that's going to be uh, uh, carry into the next season, Star Wars, the Loyal Subjects, He-Man, Thundercats, and the G.I. Joe figures that are coming out, the Pop Vinyls from Funko Pops that are coming out, Muscles is coming back. Uh, the Masters of the Universe figures that are coming out. Uh, Hasbro revealed the Transformers uh, line for next year, and plus the Titan-sized Trypticon. Sean, where in God's name do you want to start with this? For for me, uh, something that we both share a love for, dude, let's talk about how amazing the Dragon Ball Super uh, action figures look. They look Oh, so amazing. What are they? They're the dragons, the Dragon Ball Super Dragon Stars, highly articulated figures by Bandai America. And they look incredible. I I'm seriously may have to get these. 
Right, and these are super articulated figures, and they're coming from Bandai of America, who does make the um, uh, Power Rangers figures in this size. Now, they have stepped up their game. Bandai America used to be a pretty good joke in the um, tokusatsu community about how, uh, how, how horrible their figures are, but in the past four or five years, they really amped up production and quality on these figures. Um, there was a line, like last year... I can't remember which one, but uh, the quality was so good. I almost picked up a few. Um, and they are going the Marvel route. They are Build-A-Figure series. They're six, six and a half inch figures. They each come with a piece of Shinron. So you could collect the whole line and get uh, Shinron. So you get the dragon. That's nice. That's the, that's the reason. Man, they got me. You know? They got me. I'm going to have to buy all six because I want Shinron. Yeah, and the announced figures are Goku, Super Saiyan Goku, Vegeta, Super Saiyan Vegeta, Frieza, and the Shinron, the build figure, and Lord Beerus. 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 That's right. Yes, Beerus. And uh, I hope this is successful and we get more figures out of this line because uh, this looks really good. I mean, and it's it's coming out in America. It's it's a not as good an option as SH Figure Arts, but uh, they are highly articulated, but they are cheap. Uh, you know, they're not nineteen ninety five as opposed to you know a, a SH Figure Arts is going to set you back thirty five, forty dollars. I, I think this is the option for America. Absolutely. And now, where are you going to lead us to? Well, I'm going to actually uh, uh, stray away from my main and save it for last, but. Uh, let's talk about the Marvel stuff coming out because they debuted Spider-Man Homecoming figures. They debuted Guardians of the Galaxy figures, uh, Netflix, Daredevil, Punisher, Elektra, and Jessica Jones, Ego, and Star-Lord, uh, Adam Warlock, Death's Head 2, Mantis, okay. Nebula, Rocket Raccoon, um, the Vulture's Jetpack is the Build-A-Figure in that line. Uh, I mean, where do you want to stop me? <laughs> What I want to bring up is every single one of these, almost every single one of these characters, we have seen on screen. Do you think there's something to the fact that they're putting out an Adam Warlock character? Well, possibly, but the Adam Warlock figure, which actually comes with a mage's head too, uh, so he's both characters. Adam Warlock is in his classic, is in the newer Annihilation comic costume, so... It could be alluding to if there's a second wave, it would probably have the movie Adam Warlock if he's in there now. The possibility of that is very good because, first of all, Aisha, the main villain in the movie, is the female version of Adam Warlock. And number two, of course, they had Adam Warlock's cocoon in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. So I, I don't know where that leads, but uh, James Gunn did say whenever they uh, dropped that uh, Ego is um, Star-Lord's father that he's like, he's not worried about that being spoiled because the, there's a whole ton of stuff in the movie that they're, they've held back behind uh, the locked vault and gate. So, yeah, oh. Warlock may be in there. That would be incredible. Uh, All right. Now, did you see the 12-inch figures, especially the 12-inch Deadpool? I know, dude. I know that. Oh, it's going to be so awesome. I I might have to get that and put it on my wall. And they also doing a limited uh, 12-inch Spidey in black costume, too. I know. God bless. They know how to tug at my pocketbook. Uh, they have a great uh, Star-Lord roleplay helmet that's uh, uh, looked really, really good. Almost like Star Wars Black Series helmet looked good. Uh, Thor's, they've got a great Thor's hammer coming out. Uh, the new modern Moon Knight. Um... Susan Storm with uh, Herbie the Robot. I'm excited about a lot of this stuff. Mysterio, the uh, new armor in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming for Iron Man. I know, There's dude. just tons. The the uh, A-Force Marvel Legends. Ugh. There's just too much here to talk about all day long. Yeah, yeah. I, I do I love the new Iron Man armor set. Just Oh, I love it for the for the homecoming version. I I can't wait to see that in uh, on screen. That thing looks incredible. 
Voltron getting a continuation of, of the series. It's out now. Uh, figures are out right now for the first line they had, the uh, combining Voltron and stuff like that. Uh, but they also are bringing out uh, uh, six-inch versions of the characters in armor with their weapons. Uh, also, the ba- the uh, big beasts they fight in the series and a smaller version of the lions look very good. This is a very good-looking line. If I if I have extra money, I may be picking up the combining lion set. They're seventeen dollars for this huge lion. Uh, that's a uh, limb, and then the 20 I think it's $30 for the black lion. But, man, oh. those things are just massive. They are massive. I, they're they're huge. <laughs> they're huge. I know, I know. It looks good. I, I hope you do that so that I can come over and play with it. <laughs> um, now, the Star Wars stuff. So what? Force Friday is uh, September 1st this year, I believe, is what I read earlier this week. That would be... Man, these Star Wars. I, I here's the thing, I'm not even going to. They look amazing, but I'm not going to get any because I know that once I go down that rabbit hole, the collecting the Star Wars rabbit hole, there's no going back, and there, you don't even have time to collect anything else because that would just consume all. Well, now the let's talk about the main thing in the Star Wars stuff: the 40th anniversary uh, figure set now. This is something that just makes my heart sing. Of course, the first, the Darth Vader figure is in the early, uh, a inspired early bird packaging from the original Star Wars line. They're all on original card art from the first Star Wars line. Of course, these are new modern figures, but they're packaged the same way the old ones were. Uh, you got your, um, uh, uh, AT-AT driver, your snow trooper. Am I looking at the right one? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Jawa, Death Squad Commander, R2-D2, Han Solo, Ben Kenobi, Luke Skywalker, Sand People, Pilot Luke, and Darth Vader Legacy Pack with Backdrop. And ugh, all of these look amazing. Absolutely amazing. There's a, um, a Maldorian off of uh, Star Wars Rebels uh, figure coming out that looks great. Another Boba Fett. Um... Oh, the diorama! Did you see the diorama with Darth Vader coming through the uh, doorway with three stormtroopers? No, that oh, sounds awesome. It looks amazing. Um, it's and then there's a there's a compliment set to that. It's Luke in uh, snow speeder pilot outfit with lightsaber taking on a like an AT-AT driver and a snow uh, snowtrooper. Nice. It just looks amazing, yeah. And a lot of other other figures coming out, like the Lando, the uh, Imperial Guard. Uh, and these are all posable as, as anything you've ever seen. Uh, the new helmets for the movies. Ugh, I just could go on and on. Now, let me ask you this. Have you heard the internet freak out? Now, last week we did say Star Wars put out some new packaging whenever they announced Star Wars Celebration. They showed packaging for the next movie. And the internet apparently is melted down because of Ray's got her hair down on this. I don't think Ray's haircut is really that important. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just ready to see the movie. I mean I, I I'm glad you're excited about it, but I don't I don't think that I don't think her haircut's that really important. <laughs> I've seen two or three videos called, you know, What's up with Ray's haircut or something like that? And these were like, you know, recommended videos on YouTube for me. And I didn't even click on them because I didn't even think it was a thing. I just seen the seen the poster and was like, cool, so she's got a new haircut. I, I really don't notice. I, it does not matter to me. I, I haven't even seen what the complaint is. I, I That's how little I cared. <laughs> exactly. Now, Sean, why don't you tell me about these uh, Funko Pops? Ooh, well, looking through the list, you know, uh, a lot of the, what's this say? There's going to be an image gallery of over 200 right now of different Funkos coming out this year. And some of them have already hit the market. Like, you know, we have the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 that are already out. Beauty and the Beast is already out. Rick and Morty's already out. Stranger Things, which is just an incredible line incredibly hard to find we have absolutely nothing stranger things or in you know related in our area um 
the, uh, but t- some of the ones I'm looking forward to have to be the Mass Effect pops, Ghost in the Shell. I mean, those are some awesome ones. There are going to be some new Lord of the Rings ones. Uh, the Marvin the know, Martian man. is calling to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be awesome. You know, I, I'm getting really into Funkos, and, and I enjoy this line, and I love the hunt of trying to find new stuff. But, man, it, it really tugs at your wallet. I, I know I said that a minute ago, but it does. It just because there's so many good things. I that's the reason this toy fair has just been awesome. Well, speaking of tugging at your wallet, the new Masters of the Universe figures Jeez. coming out. Jesus Christ. Oh, that that three pack of Stratos, Trapjaw and uh, uh He-Man from the uh, comic, from the mini comics cuz that that Trapjaw, I didn't even have to look. I just saw that figure and I know immediately that's the Trapjaw out of the Trapjaw comic that came yeah. with him. And then, of course, the rest of it fell in place. And I, I love where they're going with this because there's a couple of figures that were only in those stupid comics, like the purple ninja-looking guy down here. He was in one of the comics I had. And uh, Hordak looks like he walked off the Filmation show. Uh, Banded Arms has never looked more showy than right here. It just... Uh, this all just looks amazing. Absolutely amazing. If... If you try to collect all this stuff, you 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 have a better job than I do. <laughs> this is just like the Skeletor with the different heads, the comic head, the classic head, and the Keldor head. I know. I need I know. that in my life. Dude, when, when I was looking at these, and, I, and I'll give a shout out right here, I know Chris Vint is going to flip out when he sees these characters. Uh, he, he he is going to go nuts. I just can't wait to see it. It's well, going to be awesome. Like I've said before, I've got a friend Joe in town who actually does the Maddie Collector stuff, and uh, this is right up that alley. Uh, you know, this hits this hits that that bone going full steam ahead. Oh yeah, oh, I love it. It's going to be awesome. Um, and lastly, uh, I you know say muscles are coming back uh, as, as some li- uh, crossing licenses stuff like He Man and 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 um, Mega Man, but um, I did want to not talk about Transformers. Now I know everybody's you know my th- I'm Transformers, but there's some really good stuff coming out. I mean, there's some exciting. We're getting um, like Japanese figures that have never received an American figure um like um overlord we're getting a new uh a popular comics character like nautica who's never had a never had a figure the twins from the original g1 line pounce and wingspan and uh fast lane and cloud raker uh, we're actually getting a japanese exclusive figure they're bringing over here now we already had uh power master optimus prime released over here as the Titans Return Optimus Prime, but they are releasing the Japanese retooled one as well over here. It's got different feet, different cab, a different look, more plastic filled in, and that's really exciting. It's called Ma- Magnus Prime here, uh, but it's it's Japanese uh, Godmaster Optimus Prime. We're getting new versions of the Triple Changers, like Blitzwing and Octane out of uh, the... Uh, Laser Optimus Prime mold they made. Sea Spray is getting a new modern figure. A quick switch out of Six Shot. Just a lot of really, really good figures in this line. Um, and, and once again, I implore you, if you haven't looked at Transformers in a very long time, look at them now. Because they have never been this good. That That pretty much covers our... Toy Fair coverage, and man, just go to... Uh, a lot of what we pulled here was uh, Toy Arcs uh, links, and they did a great... They always do a great job covering Toy Fair. I would suggest you go do that. Now, also, uh, in Japan this week was uh, Wonderfest, where they did premiere a bunch of things, uh, Japan-related, of course, like the next masterpiece uh, Transformer was revealed, which is Dinobot, and uh, like the next... Diaclone reboot figures were shown there, but uh, you can look up Wonderfest stuff. Um, we don't need to go into that here. Uh, Sean, where do you want to meander to next? Oh, man. 
Well, I was going to ask if you had a story for us this week. Well, I don't really have a story. I just wanted to discuss. A lot of comics sometimes falter and and stuff is lost between the cracks. But there was a really odd time for X-Men comics that I, I, I absolutely love. And I did want to talk about that. Now, of course... After John Byrne left X-Men, and I'd, I'd have to look at the exact number. It was like 142 or something. But after that, they kind of meandered through story and through artists, but some really great things came out of that. And th- these comics are really good prices because nobody really, nobody really gets them, I guess. But right. uh, there's Starjammer stuff that starts in after that. There's the introduction of Rogue coming into the X-Men in that. Um, you get artists like Bill Steinwick uh, come in for for the uh, uh, Dracula X-Men story that I've talked about before. You've got uh, Belasco, the X-Men fighting the uh, demon Belasco, um, which relates to Inferno uh, tangentially. Uh, the origin of, of uh, uh, Professor Xavier's told again. Binary, of course. Miss Marvel becomes binary in this time, like X Men 164. You've got uh, Paul Smith comes in as an artist on X Men, who is. And I tell you, whenever I was collecting X Men comics when I was younger, I didn't like Paul Smith's art because I was I was looking for those John Byrne issues, and I kept running into this Paul Smith art. <laughs> but after a while, in reading these stories, uh, the I turned on it. I mean, I really like Paul Smith's art. Uh, it's it's got it's dynamic. It has a flair to it that um, I really kind of like. I mean, Walter Simonson did some stuff. The uh, the marriage or the almost marriage of Wolverine happens in this run with art by Paul Smith, which is a great issue. That's X Men number one seventy two. Um, and then the next issue, 173, is a great uh, duo story with uh, Wolverine and Rogue. Uh, Rogue having to prove herself to Wolverine. Uh, Mastermind comes back, and um, there's stories told there with the Phoenix. Uh, great classic um, X-Men exploding logo with uh, um, Cyclops hitting the logo with his power. Uh, oh, yeah. John Romita Jr. comes onto the book at this point. The wedding, uh, Caliban and uh, uh, Kitty Pride, Storm taking over as leader. After Secret Wars, there's a great story with Lockheed. My favorite X-Men cover of all time. My, one of my favorite X-Men stories of all time um, is Colossus versus the Juggernaut by John Romita Jr., X-Men number 183. And then, of course, we lead into Ro- uh, Storm losing her powers. Uh, the Barry Windsor Smith life-death um, story between Forge and Storm. Uh, the Dire Wraiths coming in. The Kulin Goth storyline is right and smack in the middle of this that I've talked about that I love. Uh, then you're almost to X-Men 200. You've got Nimrod, my favorite X-Men bad guys in this run. Of course, once again by John Romita Jr. Doctor Doom ends up in here. Uh Rachel Summers becoming the Phoenix is in this story. Magneto becoming a good guy. You see the first, one of the first times here. Um, wow. X-Men 200 where uh, uh, Ro- or Storm and Cyclops fight for leadership. Uh, the Sentinels come back. You go into Secret Wars 2. Barry Windsor Smith on Wolverine in a story. Conclusion of the Nimrod storyline, the two-issue part in like 208 and 209. The Mutant Massacre, which is also John Romita Jr.'s run, uh, X-Men 210 through 213 is the Mutant Massacre X-Men, and this is absolutely quintessential X-Men to have. Uh, It's great Wolverine story, great covers, uh, great storytelling. Um, Now, X-Men 212 is by Rick Leonardi as artist. I I don't really care for uh, Rick Leonardi. He worked on some Spider-Man stuff. He worked on Daredevil. He he's not my cup of tea. But then we swing the pendulum back and Uncanny X-Men two thirteen. We get Alan Davis and Paul Neary, the uh, Excalibur team, does this entire issue and it's absolutely beautiful. It is the 
Wolverine Sabretooth fight the entire issue. And it is absolutely awesome. amazing. And then after that, you get kind of your meandering again. You go back to um, Freedom Force and the X-Men. You get uh, some Magneto story. You get Juggernaut. Juggernaut's a huge fan of Dazzler because she's a singer, and he's like all wowed by meeting her. That's funny. Yeah, it, it's really funny. You do get a um, Art Adams cover in like X-Men 218. Story kind of meanders, kind of throwaway issues. But then, then once again... Like X Men Two Twenty One, you get Mark Silvestri coming in to do the art on X Men, and this is absolutely great and relates to Logan coming out because uh, in this story uh, you get Fall of the Mutants and they go through the Siege Perilous and you end up Brood happens and then X Men Two Thirty Six uh, you end up meeting the Reavers, I believe, in that story. Nice. And then, of course, we're already back into Inferno, which uh, we've already spoken about Inferno, how great of a story that is. Oh, yeah. And uh, Master Mold shows back up in this. Storm becoming a young girl. And meet Gambit. Wow. That's crazy. Like, it just shows me how little I actually own. I need to do some major collecting. Yeah, and once you get to uh, 256, you start getting into the Jim Lee years of the X-Men, and that that just speaks for itself. Um, But I'm going to stop that there. Um, I just wanted to say, if you're looking for some good, cheap X-Men original books, uh, you know, number X-Men 150 through 240, right in that range, has some really good stories, has some really good artists, and you can get those books kind of cheap. So um, if you're out and about and you just happen to run across one of those, it's a dollar, you know, two dollars. It, it's worth it. Pick it up and, and, and grab an X-Men book from that time. And um, you may find yourself collecting some X-Men you didn't think you'd get. That's awesome, man. I, you know me. I'll, I'll just I'll just wait till we're at a con and then I'll be like, hey, Rick, go pick me up some comics. <laughs> Well, that's oh. fine too. If you if you got your buddy uh, that that knows that knows a little, um, yeah, yeah, you can find you some gold some gold in that trash. So there you go, there you go. That's what I'll be doing. So uh, I don't know, man. Look at this time. I, I do want to say, you mentioned Logan, and we we can't be a movie comic book type podcast without mentioning that Logan has received a 97% Rotten Tomatoes critic score. Right, and, and reviews and, are coming in, and we've got a couple already. Uh, a trusted reviewer for me, uh, Chris Stuckman from YouTube, very awesome reviewer, just an incredibly nice guy. I trust him when he says, and he, he basically said, if we wanted the slice em Wolverine that we've all dreamed of, he, here we go. Here we go. And it's an incredible story to go along with it. I I am so pumped to see it. I cannot wait. Yeah, and uh, I also did watch the Chris Stuckman interview, but I heard uh, another reviewer um, who, who saw a preview of the movie, and he said, um, just basically, without any spoil- spoilers, hands down, the best comic book movie, the best Logan performance, the best... Maybe one of the best movies of this year. He he said the movie was basically a a Sundance film, but with comic characters. Um, he said it was very uh, violent. One of the goriest movies he's ever seen. Now this is not. He he describes some scenes, and I'm not I'm not going to spoil anything here. But I'm going to let your imagination run wild with you. But he said it's one of the goriest films he's ever seen. The opening it, it starts how the movie it sets the tone for the movie very very well, and uh, he said the performance that Hugh Jackman gives is probably the best performance Hugh Jackman has ever given, and he, he lists a couple of reasons for that, and he includes all the all the you know the highfalutin stuff, the uh, 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 Jean Jolvert and and Jean Valjean. Um, Whatever that one is, well, all that. Um, 
But uh, he said that this being Hugh Jackman's last time out, it, it looks like he threw his entire essence into making this one count. And he did. I'm excited for it, man. I'm excited. I, I will. I, I would like to say I'd be able to see it with you, but if we can work that, we'll do that. And if not, we'll just have to both see it on our own. And I'll. Uh, I can't wait to discuss it with you because this one is one I'm really excited for. Absolutely. Now, local hall. What did what did you end up getting here? Because you got a lot more than me. Well, <laughs> um, oh, you know me. It, it's it's pops. You know we we have. Uh, Pops are easier for me to get than comics because to get comics, I have to go to the comic book store. To get a pop, I go to Walmart. Well, how often do you go to Walmart? How often do you go to a Walgreens? You know, it, it's easy for me to find them. And this week, I picked up the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 line has came out. I was able to pick up Ego, Star-Lord, the Hot Topic exclusive Baby Groot, and... Today I went by and got Rocket Raccoon from GameStop. I am down to needing just one pop to complete the Preacher run. I need Tulip, and that will complete that run, including the uh, GameStop exclusive. Man, it, it I did pick up two Dorbs. I promise I'm not collecting Dorbs. I'm not. It's just the fact that the Masters of the Universe line for Pops is super expensive, and I know I'll never be able to afford it. So today I picked up He-Man and Skeletor for the Dorbs. And that's all I got, man. Well, uh, I only got one thing this week. Um, I got, once again, a Masterpiece Transformer. Now, this was a knockoff version of it, so it was half price, which fits in my budget very well. But I got um, Ironhide from the uh, Masterpiece line. And this figure, I was on the fence on because photographs, and if you're into collecting anything, um, you know what I'm talking about. Photographs of the figure wasn't doing it for me. And I heard some reviews that, oh, it's it's a lot better in hand than it looks, and the uh, uh, feel of it, it's a lot better than you think, and uh, it's the angles, it's the pictures, blah, blah, blah. So I, I pulled the trigger and, t- and took a shot on it, and man, I am glad I did. Um, first of all, as as just the regular figure, it is it is amazing. Um, it's a lot less complicated than I thought it would be, but it is uh, a really good figure. Stands up in the rest of the masterpieces. It's it's a couple of heads taller than most of the others, but they're they're doing a scale thing, so it, it works. If you're if you're that kind of person that likes consistency and scale, um, and as a knockoff, I, I couldn't tell it. There's not really any quality issues. There's a little tightness to some joints, a little scary stuff, but that's that's the same with any masterpiece figure. You know, you've got, of course, this is a transformer. Dozens of moving parts, thin parts on rails. You know, doing complicated moves and tuck-ins and collapsing and expanding kind of stuff. A little of that stuff's kind of hairy, and especially there's a little added bit if you think this may be cheaper plastic than what I'm thinking. But uh, the figure looks absolutely great. Uh, I don't regret it a bit. Um, it, it looks really nice on my shelf. It's really great to play with. Uh, you know, play, get down, and have in your hands and move around and pose. Um, it, it, it comes with a ton of accessories. Um, now, most of the other figures are integrated and everything goes together and you can put like weapons and stuff together on it. Um, the the vans um, like Ironhide and Ratchet are a little different. They have tons of accessories uh, to make show different points in the show. But they come with an extra little um, tank thing that their original toy, because if you don't know anything about the original Transformers toy, um, it looked completely different than what was on the TV show. And that's thanks to John Romita Sr., by the way. He did the redesigns on Ratchet and Ironhide and a few other figures in the Transformers show. Uh, he was a two-part figure There was a that comes from the line called Car Robots, and who was Diaclone. And the Ironhide or Ratchet figure was actually a powered suit like Ripley drives in Aliens 2 where the nice. figure sits in the top behind the windshield 
and operates the arms and legs. And there was a second part that you took out from that part came out of the van and the bottom part of the van made a kind of a tank with treads. Well, uh, with the masterpiece Ironhide and Ratchet, you both get that little ta- extra tank piece and you put all the extra accessories on that. Um, cool. So it's a little more bulky, uh, but it's kind of neat that they did it that way. And plus you get like fire effects and uh, weapons like the toy had that were never on the show. And then you have some that were only on the show that pop out and of course magically disappear so they don't really go anywhere. But it's, nice. it's really kind of neat to have that stuff and to have those display options. If, if you're a figure person, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and I'm, re- I'm really happy with it. That's awesome, dude. I'll be looking for the the ratchet figure sometime, but not right now. Oh man, I hope you find that one too. Um, so that brings up Lost in Time, and I got a question for you for this week's Lost in Time. What happened to the TV miniseries, the TV specials that we used to have? Have they been killed off by Netflix and streaming services? Because I remember growing up, you know, during your fall and your spring, you have your TV series that runs. But every now and then, during the summer, you would have a, a mini series that would run for just a few weeks during the summer, you know, seven to ten weeks usually. And most of those were Stephen King series. You know, you had your Rose Red, you had The Stand, you had the Tommy Knockers, but then every now and then you'd have something like uh, CBS had Harper's Island probably, I don't know, that was probably eight, nine years ago, if not a little, maybe not quite that long ago, but what happened to the TV miniseries, man? Where's where's my ABC, CBS, maybe even a Fox miniseries? You want to know what happened to them? Because I could tell you. What happened? They went overseas. British TV is nothing but miniseries. It's six episodes, three episodes. They morphed our our, our long running series into or your twelve or or your twenty three episode series into ten to six episodes, and then now we're coming back, bringing it back over here and making them again. <laughs> Except for this time, we're doing it in seasons. Which is, it's really weird. Uh, but yeah, um, whenever we stopped doing miniseries, I don't know when British picked up the, the idea to do this, but their shows only are like six episodes apiece, but they're really good episodes. Yeah, yeah. You know, because if you remember, you know, something like the Tommy Knockers or It even had to be pushing the budget back then for, for a, you know, what was It? A four-part miniseries. So it was, what, four one-hour episodes. You factor in some commercials. You're looking at 45 minutes probably. And they probably pushed the budget of two or three sitcoms running at that time. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I miss uh, the miniseries of our youth. Like, what did we have? Like, Lonesome Dove and... Uh, oh, yeah. We have... So there'd be a miniseries on every every other minute. Of course, as a kid, I didn't pay attention to much of them, but... Yeah, I mean, like, It was the first one I really paid attention to. Oh, man. I remember when that was out. So scary. Now, is this related to my comic thing? (laughs) No. It seems kind of odd that we both picked miniseries. But uh, let's talk about uh, my first one, my toy. Uh, Sean, do you remember Color Forms? Is this what you called me about earlier? Because I don't remember, I mean, what you're talking about. Well, okay, so... At, at, there was a certain time, I mean, up until the late 80s, where you could buy, and it doesn't make a lot of sense these days, but from the, actually they go back pretty far, from the 60s to uh, late 80s, early 90s, you could buy, like a, it come in like boxes that games game boards come in, you know, that size, uh, or puzzles, and it was a color form, and basically it'd be licensed products, like you'd have a uh, He-Man color forms, or Transformers color forms, or Marvel color forms, or DC or Batman color forms, and it was a basically a board of a background, or or more than one background, and you had uh, sticky, you had vinyl sheets that had uh, that were pre-cut. 
that had printed figures on them. Like you'd have your Batman, you'd peel off and you could stick on this background. They weren't stickers. They were just vinyl. So they would stick right. to this plastic coated background. And you'd just put whatever pieces you'd have, like, oh, a tornado or a, or, or a, like the Hulk. And you could put a, put a boulder above his head and he's holding the boulder and that kind of thing. Just, just something you give to a young child to play with. But man, some of these were had really good art, and the backgrounds looked like cartoon backgrounds. They, they'd repurposed for this, and uh, it was just really fun as a young child playing with these. Now, of course, you wouldn't be like you wouldn't, you wouldn't go out and give this to like a teenager. You, well, they may slap you with it, but you know, just those things. Part of my youth, really loved those. They had the, the key thing about them is there's a certain smell to them. Uh, there's certain things like the smell of an old comic book or oh yeah or you know the smell of play-doh color forms had their own kind of smell like that if and I guarantee you if I found one and gave it to you and you'd be like oh yeah and it would I come rushing this. back yes oh yeah that's awesome dude yeah but, it's been I've never seen those or at least I can't remember them right now but my last lost in time, and this is a very specific time in, in Marvel Comics. That Marvel, of course. Uh, Marvel Comics had many series during the 80s, and of course they were numbered uh, number one in a four-issue limited series, right across the top. The easiest example I can think of is the Return of the Jedi miniseries. Uh, you could go to Walmart and buy it in a bag set. You'd get all four of them. And uh, that's the one I remember the most. But there were several, several. I mean, like the 80s were a boon for uh, uh, miniseries for comics at this time. A four-issue limited miniseries. Like Iceman had one. Machine Man had one by Barry Windsor Smith. Uh, the Transformers was originally a four-issue miniseries that got wow. continued it, at right at the top of one through four. It's number one in a four-issue limited series. And the last one, number 80, says number 80 in a four-issue limited series. Nice. Uh, Magic had one that was really good. Her origin in Belasco, who we talked about earlier. Uh, the X-Men versus Fantastic Four had a miniseries. Mephisto versus was a miniseries where he fought different, like the Avengers. Mephisto versus the Avengers. Mephisto versus the Fantastic Four. Wow. Uh, Firestar, Falcon, Wolverine. You know, and and uh, Balder the Brave by um, uh, Walter Simonson. It was just a great time for miniseries in the '80s, and you just don't see those much anymore, or or that I'm aware of. That is awesome. Yeah, I agree. You never see anything like that anymore, especially the ability to buy some decent comics at Walmart. That has been gone for decades. Ah, uh, but. If you haven't been by the card aisle lately, they do have packs of comics you can buy now. DC and Marvel. Really? Absolutely. Like I saw the other day, there's one that has like Gwynpool number three in it and a bunch of other stuff. They have one that has the New Defenders number one and a bunch of stuff with it. Wow. Uh, uh, really enticing, yeah. All right, man. It's that time of the week where I ask you, have you seen it? I, I may have. Well, this week, all right, yeah, man, uh, this week I am talking to you about a TV series that is worth speaking about, and I don't believe I've heard enough people talk positively about it, and that is Preacher, the AMC series that came out based on the uh, mid-90s Steve Dillon comic, and it was amazing. Like, it was seriously incredible i showed it to my wife and we been binge watched it in three days it was just such a good series so you're telling me that tony stark's dad was a preacher at one time <laughs> oh yeah yeah he was he uh it, it's just such a good series there's stuff in it that you just wouldn't believe like uh you know his his you learn about his this guy's past is we still don't even know about his past really we've only scraped what feels like a little bit and it is already incredible the the people around um the preacher are just incredible you know we're we're talking about Dominique Cooper who he he was the only I'll say this about Dominique Cooper he was the only bright part to that Warcraft movie <laughs> 
was Dominic Cooper. And uh, it's just incredible. I'm hoping that there's a season two. There's there's a lot of stuff that's holding it back right now. And, and I hope that whatever it is works itself out and season we get season two of Preacher because I seriously enjoyed season one. Yeah, um, I've been really excited for it, but I haven't had a chance to watch it. Um, you know, I, I've listened to a couple of people that just love Preacher so much they refuse to watch this because they don't want it to fail. Um, I've heard they got it right. I mean, I heard Seth Rogen is is just a huge fan of Preacher, and this was a love project with him. So, I mean, you need to give it a chance. I, I sure as heck am. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Now, my have you seen it is something. It it was one thing, and it turned into another thing. But the first movie is just classic, and I'm talking about Police Academy. Oh. Sean, how many? Not have you seen it? How many times have you seen Police Academy? More more than I can count. More than I can count, and that is no lie. I would watch that right now if it was in front of me. That. I love the Police Academy movies. They hold a very special place in my heart. I love those movies, dude. Ah, uh, just I mean, Police Academy was uh, I mean, almost comic book level. I mean, you knew those characters, you knew Lassard, uh you knew uh what's the guy with the gun? Uh, oh, I know. Ah. Uh, uh, Dadgummit, I've ruined my example. But I mean, you you just knew the names of those characters, and they were they were there with you, like uh, the guy that could do all the voices, and and uh, of course the guy with the gun that's always gung ho, America, bigger gun. Uh, yes. And, and then the uh, uh, the police captain, and the guy that hated them, trying to get them all fired. Oh, just that and that first movie now that first movie is rated R it's a little it's a little out there <laughs> but now the next movies were I mean th- those movies progressed to where they were kid stuff like by the time you got the Police Academy 5 I think it was rated PG <laughs> and it was still just as funny really <laughs> but man like Steve Gutenberg I knew Steve Gert- Gutenberg by Police Academy before I knew him by Short Circuit I mean oh I, yeah I mean that that was just your guy. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 absolutely. That that's another little show that we're going to have to discuss sometime is short circuit. Um Yeah, but Police Academy, I incredible. Please go see it. If you haven't seen Police Academy, seek that out. Not for the kids. <laughs> Don't right. watch it with your kids, but Police Academy is definitely worth you finding the time to find it. No. No, I'm I'm interested for your words on your don't see it for this week, I I, I just I, I'm I'm ready for you to present it because I, I don't know, man. It, it's a movie I I kind of enjoy. Well, uh, okay, Charlie Sheen, The Wraith. It's at the time it was cool. It's something I would go and rent and watch, but really it was kind of for the the hot spring scene, I think, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, um, it, it's not that good. I mean, it's a good concept. Don't get me wrong. This really hit me in the ghost rider part of, part of my, uh, uh, story, you know, Charlie Sheen gets killed. You know, he was wronged by these people and, uh, the street gang and they kill him and he comes back as a wraith driving this, uh, you know, clad in leather and this black helmet and this really cool car. And, racism for pinks and they all die in fiery crashes you know kind of uh, um, death race 2000 ish kind of thing but uh, I can't get through I can't watch it today I can't I can't get through it I can't do I'll, it I've tried I'll say this okay I haven't tried in a while and I know it just got added onto Netflix so sometime soon I will sit down and attempt to watch it and if I can if I can't do it then you're definitely correct. It's a don't see it because some of them just don't hold up, man. Some of them don't hold up. Mm-hmm. Now, yours, oh my gosh. Uh, look, look, you thought last week we scraped the bottom of the barrel because Rick brought up Showgirls for Don't See It. I tried to one-up him this week 
Rick, how's your feeling about Leonard Part 6? I remember laughing my butt off, uh, but I haven't seen it since like you, the first time rented on on VHS. Yeah. This movie, 1987, Bill Cosby, but a CIA spy brought out of retirement to save the world from a vegetarian boss who's making animals kill people. See, and the, the funniest thing about this movie, I think, is the title. There never was a Leonard part one, two, three, four, or five. So, um, When I was looking up for this, uh, the, the Wikipedia link where I was reading this said, the best part of this movie was the fact that we did not have to see parts one through five to see part six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> it's so terrible. Like... This movie was so bad that, uh, according to the wiki, Bill Cosby himself would publicly advise people not to watch his film. Mm. It that's so bad. It's so bad. Um, don't don't even waste your time, even laughing a moment at Leonard Part Six. You don't need to be watching it. All right, Sean, I'll, I will take that advice. Tell you what, um, we're going to wrap up. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, Ricky West at Ricky Westbrook on Twitter. You can find me at Maynard98 on Twitter. You can find both of us at Not So Southern G's on Twitter. You can- and remember, remember to please click like on that Facebook link. Please. Yeah, just search Not So Southern Gentlemen on Facebook. We're getting really more active on there. Uh, getting some good responses on Facebook. You can always hit me up on Messenger, guys. I, ta- I had a really good conversation all day long with one of our fans yesterday about uh, John Byrne. It was a really good time, really deep discussion. Um, you know, and I am going to commit to hitting some more stuff on Instagram. I really want to get some of my proudest things out of my comic collection out there. Um, you know, I don't have a lot. I don't have I don't have the greatest stuff, but I have stuff I'm proud of. So I- I'd like to share that with everybody, and I'd really like your opinion on that. If whenever I do share, hit me back. Tell me what you got. Absolutely, man. I know you got a New Mutants '98. I know that. I'll yeah. see if I can find it. All right, man. For not so southern gentlemen, I'm Sean. I'm Ricky. Peace. <laughs>